Welcome to the How to Get More Leads and Sales from Your Website podcast with host Dan Kaplan, co-founder of Periscope Up, fine purveyor of digital marketing services. In each episode, Dan asks the experts, how do you get more leads and sales from a website? Visit periscopeup.com slash podcast to subscribe. Keep learning how you can turn your website into a salesperson that never sleeps. Now, here's your host, Dan Kaplan. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Getting More Leads and Sales from Your Website podcast. I'm Dan Kaplan with Periscope Up, and today, really, really excited to have a great guest, Jeremy Epstein, Vice President of Marketing with Sprinkler. Hi, Jeremy. Hey, thanks for having me, Dan. Yeah, this is great. Really, really excited. So, Sprinkler is the most complete social software platform in the world. Damn Purpose straight. built for large enterprises. I understand you have over 670 enterprise brands, 80% of them doing over a billion dollars. Is that right? That's right. That's right. Some of your clients include Microsoft, DuPont, Nissan. Looks like from uh, your the website you have Nike as well, uh, Virgin America, Dell. The list goes on. I understand yeah. you're also ranked number one in uh, six different analyst reports. I can't stop you now because you're not lying, Dan. <laughs> All right, good. And I just want to also say I love on your LinkedIn page, you have a personal mission. It's a, a clear-cut mission, you say, to inspire people, organizations, and companies to treat their stakeholders as people, use great technology in a smart way to do it, and drive tangible results at the same time. I love it. So uh, before I ask you to give a little bit of background about yourself, just a note for our listeners, you can uh, sign up uh, for more podcasts at periscopeup.com slash podcasts, and today... Jeremy and I are going to be talking all about how to use social media to improve your website performance and make that connection from with social media and sales. Really, really excited to have an expert of your caliber on our show today. <laughs> I don't know about that, but... All right. So, Jeremy, why don't you start us off by just giving us a little bit of your background. Tell us how you got to where you are and, you know, what motivates you? Uh, I'm, I'm just motivated by, you know, the, the fact that the arrival of social technologies is one of the most transformative events in business history in the last couple hundred years. It fundamentally changes the way that businesses have to operate in terms of how they build relationships, how they manage experiences, how they understand their customers. So, you know, being at the epicenter of that, for me, it's just a huge rush. So that's what motivates me is to help create this future where people have more meaningful, more relevant uh, experiences from the companies that serve them and and with each other. So that's what it's all about in my my book. Great. All right. So um, you know this podcast is about getting more leads and sales from a website. So I'm going to ask you to start us off. You know how can social media help us with that problem? Well, I mean, I think there's the more leads from the website and more leads in general because not all your leads are obviously coming through your website. So I think the, the first thing is like any good salesperson or any good marketer is listening. You know, it, there are so many people talking about so many things and I, I'm, I reject the notion that, oh, we're B2B or, oh, my customers aren't on social. We're past that conversation. Like we are well past the tipping point. The maturation is here. So... Your customers, your prospects, they're talking about either you, your competitors, or your industry mm -hmm. somewhere. So your first job is go figure out what the heck they're saying. Listen to what they're saying. How are they talking about? What are the real pain points that they're having that you can potentially uh, address uh, for them? So that's number one. Number two is being able to disseminate that 
throughout your organization, whether if you're a one-person shop, not a problem. But once you get bigger than that, you have to be able to disseminate that. How do we take these this information and these insights and share it with the people throughout the organization who can benefit from it? How does it inform how you develop your product, how you affect your you develop your service, how you affect your pricing, uh, how you recruit, how you run your operations, how you talk about um, yourself, how you sell compared to your competitors. You have to be able to disseminate that. And then number three is, of course, you need to be able to act on it. So how do you take all this and then immediately take those insights and say, okay, now we're going to make our communications on our website more relevant because we have, we've closed that feedback loop. How do we improve the way that our sales guys, sales gals, go out and talk about us to prospects? We need to use that voice of the customer, mm -hmm. which is louder than ever before and more voluminous than ever before, disseminate that, integrate it, and then act on it so you can provide more relevant contextual information to your customers. And then you can layer on top of that all the information that people share about themselves. So if I know that Dan has three kids and a dog and he likes baseball, that's how sales are made. Sales are made because of relationships. And if I know something that's important about you, I'll say, oh, you know, here's a Baltimore Orioles, you know, leash for your dog or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. dang, those little things are what build trust that builds relationships and relationships are what drives business forward. No computer buys from another computer, right? It's people right. buy from people. Right. So, so, um, if I'm, you know, let's say I don't have a large following or I have a, you know, a decent sized following. I think I have a personally have a couple thousand, you know, Twitter followers, and I'm not personally on LinkedIn. I'm not, excuse me, I'm not personally on Facebook. I, I use Facebook for my per, just my close circle of friends. I don't use yeah. it for marketing, but you know, listening. I don't I don't have a whole lot of people to listen to. You know, there's yeah, sure, there's my customers, but how can I do that listening um, to find out what my prospects are interested in? Yeah, you nailed it. That's exactly what you use it for. You, it doesn't matter how many followers followers you have. It's what are people who could be your followers or could be your prospects or customers actually talking about. So, you know, Sprinkler is specifically for enterprise companies. You know, if you're uh, under a quarter of a billion dollars, you're probably um, not right fit for us. But if you're a smaller company, you might want to go use like Hootsuite or mm -hmm. something like that. Like, that's a great tool for individuals, small businesses. You know, Sprinkler focuses on enterprise. So, Hootsuite would be good for. For individual, uh, um, you know, accounts, <coughs> customers. There, um, there are a few other tools uh, like that. You know, TweetDeck, or you just use right. Twitter Native. Any of these can help you. The key thing is to find some way that that works for you. To uh, to understand what people are talking about. What are the key words? What are how are people responding to trends? Um, and looking about and then using that to to go forward. So step number one is set up some sort of a listening outpost. Um, for keywords or phrases or mm -hmm. uh, areas that the, might be you sort of find the problems. One of the things I like is uh, the Google, discuss, uh, excuse me, uh, LinkedIn discussion groups. I find yeah. a lot of people post questions, so you can really see there what what pains people have and what what potential solutions you could bring. So for sure. let's say I understand. You know, I'm a marketing company. I sort of understand the basic pain that I take away is helping companies get more leads and sales. And I and I sort of you know I've done my listening and I. And sort of understand that. What's next? How do I take that information and and uh, you know incorporate it into my marketing plan? Yeah. So great question. I mean, I think there you start looking is is what is that voice of the customer actually talking about, and then using that to um, align 
you're messing. I'll give you an example. So leave your po your personal politics out of it and appreciate sort of the story. So one of Sprinkler's clients is the Republican National Committee. Um, and basically, as you know, the last couple elections, they got their butts kicked. And they were tired of losing, essentially. And they said, you know what, we really need to raise our game. And over a year ago, they said, okay, we're going to take all the social data and we're going to connect it with our voter and our donor database, and we're going to start understanding what people are talking about that, and taking that and then empowering it down to the state and the county and the local mm -hmm. level. So they have one of the most comprehensive visions that I've ever seen. And like I said, we work with you know four of the top five banks, three of the top six insurance companies, so a lot of big companies out there. But what the RNC was doing, just from a pure technology and transformation perspective, was phenomenal. So they set up listening and they said, okay, you know what, we, we've identified who's saying what in what category. So one example that I like to talk about is you know, Ebola. They said, okay, it seems like people in Arkansas are very concerned about Ebola. People in Georgia aren't. Hmm. So they shared that with the teams in the respective states so that the candidates could slightly modify what their talk track was and right. make it more relevant for the audience. Well, fast forward to the night of November 4th, we don't really need to discuss what happened huh. there. And I'm not saying it was all because of what Sprinkler did. It certainly wasn't. It was we're just the technology that uh, you know the visionaries there were able to do. But that th that type of approach of how do we take what people are talking about that use that so that we can provide more relevant messaging based around our product. In this case, a candidate. Right. Um, you know, that's exactly how you you know they have. They're not trying to sell. I mean, they're selling candidates. They're not obviously selling product. That's great. So it's more than just custom. It's more than just understanding pain. It's really actually customizing your message to v v different segments of your of your own market. You may be able to, uh, with tools like HubSpot or Pardot, start to identify uh, different personas of sure. your uh, uh, your target audience and send them personalized messages based on their own individual needs. Right. Yeah, I mean, think about it. If I'm a dress manufacturer, I'm not going to come and say, hey, Dan, go buy this dress. I'm going to say, hey, Dan, don't you think your wife would look beautiful in this dress? Same dress, two different ways of saying right. the exact same, but I'm very different messaging. Right. I'm just going to market in a way that's relevant to you. Hey, Dan, your wife's going to love you even more if you bring home this beautiful dress. Diamonds are forever, being the most classic example of all time. Right. Men don't buy diamonds for themselves. Um, I love this idea of customizing the message to your very, you know, to your market segments. Um, I think there's a lot of power in that. And, and as I look at what 20 marketing in 2015 is going to look like, I think you're going to see a lot more of this. Oh, you have no choice. Um, maybe we'll talk a little bit later about some other trends you see in, in 2015. But the last piece of the puzzle for me, if I'm listening first and then I'm, you know, revising my messaging and my content based on what I learned, the third part of it with for me is getting that message then out to the right people. Any advice on that, how to disseminate that, that message in a way that's going to um, maybe even uh, reach beyond your own social network to uh, you know wherever your prospects are spending time online? Yeah, no, no question. So I, before I, I'd say there's also the fourth part, which we'll get to, I'm sure, which is reporting and tracking right. the effectiveness of this thing. Always. But certainly, you know, the, the publishing out, I mean, again, it's, it's Understanding, you know, that um, what types of messages not only work for what audience, but on what channel. So you can see that your Facebook audience, for example, might res respond in a different way than a Twitter audience or a LinkedIn. Like for Sprinkler, for example, if you go to our 
Facebook page, facebook.com slash sprinkler, no E-S-P-R-I-N-K-L-R, because it's got to be internet-y, of course. <laughs> um, you know, you'll see the, the types of things that we put out there are very much about the people of Sprinkler and the people we come with. Why? Because you go to Facebook to see what other people are doing. Yeah. So right. we talk about the people and the culture, right? Whereas on LinkedIn, we're, pu- we're pushing much more kind of business, you know, value kind of things. And whereas Twitter, we're sharing our own things, we're sharing other people's, we're engaging in conversation, and that's across the board. You know, we, we support 20 different networks. I'm not saying everyone needs to do that because that's a full-time job or multiple full-time jobs. But under, thinking about, well, why are people coming to the place? Like the conversation you want to have at a baseball game is different than the conversation you want to have in church or synagogue or the right. one you have at the gym or the one you have at the office. So if I walk into the baseball game, I'm like, hey, Dan, good to see you at the baseball game. I brought a PowerPoint, and here's my projector. Like, dude, what's wrong with you, man? Just chill. And if I walk into your conference room, and I'm wearing, like, shorts, and I'm, like, throwing a baseball, you're like, what? What's going on here? It's like you have to align sort of your approach for that environment. That's really all that's happening. So putting, thinking about that and and pushing that through is absolutely critical. But you have to sort of watch what does your audience reflect. And then the last part you asked about it, which I think is extremely important, is – how do you get that message amplified? And you know, one of the mo- you can either pay, but a far more cost-effective way to do it is uh, allow your network to do the promotion for you. But that only happens, as you know, when you create something worth sharing. And I, in fact, it's just funny. About an hour ago, <clears throat> I was talking to my team about an upcoming campaign, and one of them said, "Oh, you know, that seems a little risky." And I said, "It probably is risky, but here's the reality of of marketing in a social world, which is." If we don't feel a little bit uncomfortable with this idea, it probably means we're not being bold enough. Because mm-hmm. if you're playing it safe, no one's going to share safe stuff with their friends. It's boring. They share stuff that's edgy. So you have to kind of experiment. And every and you have to have that, that tolerance for the fact that you're going to take a risk. Just like, I mean, I'm not a poker player, although I like watching it on TV. Sometimes you go all in and sometimes you lose. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying go all in, but you put a big pot in. And, you know, that's, you have to have that mentality of I can be prepared to take the hit on this. And I've taken my share of hits, but fortunately at this stage I have more, more wins and losses. Mm-hmm. But um, that is, you cannot go say let's just do tried and true safe because no one shares tried and true safe with their network. So you either pay great, for great it advice. I love or it. they're going to do it for you. Love it. Awesome. So, fourth piece of the puzzle then is to close the loop is tracking and, yep. and analytics. What uh, you know, you said you've had some wins, you've had some losses. What do you? How do you judge that? What do you? Uh, what what mechanisms should we have in place to see what works so we can replicate it and figure out what doesn't work so we can make fix that? Yeah. So so along we just kind of talked about the art of experiment. I mean, there's a science to experimentation, but also an art of willingness to try anything. And that's balanced by the science of marketing um, and being kind of religious uh, and having the discipline to track, you know, are these efforts on social affecting website visits? Is it affecting the number of inbound inquiries? Is it affecting the number of meetings? Like, how are these things correlated? You can't always find causation. And then tracking, like, basically, are we growing our number of qualified leads each month or each week or whatever it is? And just be excuse me, very um, disciplined about looking at those activities and which ones seem to, cor- sometimes you have the causation, great, but sometimes it's correlation because as you know, most of the time, because as a marketer, you know like, 
I meet you at a party, then I send you an email, then I call you, and there's six or seven, eight things, yeah. and all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, now I'm ready to buy. But you can't say, oh, it was just an ad on TV. Right. That never happens. It's the whole experience. So you look at sort of the set of the activities that you're doing, and you say, where does it seem to affect what's the path? We get very, you know, I wouldn't say we're the most sophisticated organization about this because we don't have billions of dollars to spend on it yet, but um, we're very disciplined and we, we do what we can is just having that discipline. And back in my consulting days, I worked with a lot of uh, small and medium business businesses and, you know, there's always resource constraint no matter how I worked at Microsoft and everyone's like, oh, I don't know if resources. They have a lot of resources at Microsoft, mm -hmm. believe me. But it's just discipline. It's like you say, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to work out. Either you do it or you don't. Don't whine about it if you don't. If you gain weight and you're out of shape, it's your fault. So the same thing is, you look at your marketing. You're like, I have to track this stuff and pick one or two or three key metrics. You don't do 500. How many leads do we get? How many visits do we get to our website? How many meetings is my team getting? Whatever you want, that's fine. But yeah. then just assisted convert. I, I like assisted conversions in Google Analytics because that shows you sure how many times a social touch was involved in a conversion. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And there there is sort of a try and true of which metric is the best for your particular business. Whatever it is, is you know, it might be I'm I'm good on the bike, I'm good on the uh, the uh, the treadmill or I'm good on the elliptical. I don't really care as long as you're focused on one cuz you know if you keep doing it, you're going to get better right. at that and, and along with the other things that you do, you know, stop eating the crappy food or whatever. I don't know why I'm on this particular kick, but whatever. <laughs> you know, it's it's uh stop it's, ODing uh, probably cuz I need coffee. to go work out, you know. <laughs> Right. All right. Awesome. Good. Very good. So, um, I want to get back to that idea of trends in 2015. You mm -hmm. know, you're you're on the bleeding edge. What do you see coming down the pike? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think for us, we're seeing a much larger integration of uh, of social technologies deeper back into the organization. You, you started to see, um, you know, a couple years ago, it was like, oh, there, there's the social media experts or the marketing people. Now it's social customer care, social recruiting, social PR, like it's across the board. Uh, we're seeing a lot of that. We're seeing uh, an, an interest to integrate with back-end systems so you can have that full picture. Like if I know, hey, Dan likes baseball and he has a dog, right. but I also know that Dan's bought you know $50,000 worth of stuff for me, that's very powerful to have those right. two combined. So you have to do that. Um, so we're definitely seeing that um, sort of evolution of these cutting-edge organizations saying the transactional has to be brought together with the social so um, we're seeing that and um, I guess those are sort of the, uh, the the two big ones so you know and I guess we're now at the point where C-level executives are realizing how strategic uh, and significant this evolution is it's not oh it's not a fad it's not a it's not a kind of a cool thing that the kids do it's it's transformative um, and they have to sort of uh, respond in kind mm -hmm. What about um, that's that's all great. Thank you. Uh, specific question. What about the um, the uh, promoted posts, Twitter and Facebook? Are you seeing a rise in in the use of that um, as a way to just disseminate content? Yeah. So it's a great question. It actually ties back to what we discussed before, which is a lot of people. You know, I have a friend who says that uh, advertising is the price you pay for being boring, and um, I think that's spot on in some respects but what the really savvy marketers are doing is what they're saying is they're looking at all their content that they're putting out Whoops. 
Sorry about that. Okay, yeah. I'm here. I don't right. know. My, my screen, I think, whatever, just went to sleep for a second. But I'm back. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> no major catastrophe. So what the really savvy marketers are doing is they are looking at what are our best performing uh, social content that we put out organically. Right. Seeing what's relevant. And they're saying, aha, people seem to like this. Now let me put some money behind it and push right. it out. They're not just sort of spraying money all over the place because that's ineffective. It's what works. You know, let's put stuff out. Let's measure what works, and then put money behind the stuff. Like double down. Since yeah. we're now on the, I'm just gambling and exercising all the time. People think all I do is work out and, and, and eat crappy food. And eat crappy food, right? It's this works. Let's double down on the stuff that works and stop doing the stuff that doesn't work. It right. Intuitively makes sense, but now we have the systems capability, um, certainly at the enterprise level, to do it. And you'll probably see it at the um, at the SMB level as well yeah. if it's not already there. All right, great. All right, last question I always uh, end these podcasts with is what's the one thing? You know, what's that one piece of advice you can give us? Something that we got to get right. We should start, if we're not doing right now, we got to be doing it. Yeah, so great question. I mean, to me, it's there, there are certain things that are revolutionary about the era we're in, and there are certain things about marketing that are constant and never changing. And this one, to me, is constant and never changing, which is differentiation. The whole point of marketing is to differentiate yourself from your competitors. And if you're not doing that, you're failing as a marketer. Mm -hmm. So whatever you're doing, whether it's the experience of walking in the front door of your office, how people answer your phone, you know, what kind of stuff you put up on your website or your social profiles, it's got to be different than everybody else in the market so that people walk away saying, aha, these guys are different right. and that's worth more, whatever, less, whatever it is. That's the different, that doesn't change. Otherwise, otherwise you're, just, you're just paying because you're boring. Yeah, or why should I buy from you versus someone else? You're, right. you're like everybody else. Who cares? Right. Awesome. All right, Jeremy, thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate it. Uh, why don't you leave our listeners with uh, how we can get in touch with you, and if they, or or uh, if you want, if they want to learn a little bit more about Sprinkler, where can they go? Yeah, so I mean, the easiest is sprinkler.com. S P R I N K L R dot com. Uh, go there and connect to various social channels. Learn about uh, enterprise social and. You know, there's obviously there's differences of scale, but some of the things that uh, our clients are doing, I think, could be relevant and interesting to anybody. Um, and then for me, you know, my my handle, which I picked up in 1991, so it's kind of stuck with me, is J E R, not the number nine, the number seven, the number nine, J E R nine seven nine. It's Twitter, it's LinkedIn. Pretty much, just Google that, and you will find one of my social outposts. Uh -huh. You know, you connect. All with right, that, yeah. So. Legacy yeah. decision. <laughs> yeah, and I and I do recommend everybody follow Jeremy on Twitter. It's a thank you. It's a fun and interesting ride. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks a lot. Be good. Appreciate the time, and um, thanks everybody out there for listening. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Dan. Thank you for listening to the How to Get More Leads and Sales from Your Website podcast. Periscope Up is a trusted provider of digital marketing services, including search engine optimization, pay-per-click and AdWords, content development, social media, Google Analytics, HubSpot, Pardot, and WordPress. Our contracts are month-to-month, -month and we only take on clients we believe we can help. Visit PeriscopeUp.com to learn more.